the modern witch podcast today's pagan pop culture for the modern witch i'm your host devin hunter and joining me in studio b on the east coast is your beautiful hostess rowan pendragon rowan how are you doing today i'm fine how are you oh fabulous you know that's again how we do it here on the modern witch so um last week we ended up um, having a little bit of snafus with the uh with the player here on pagan radio Mm. But yeah. all was resolved, and I am—I have been promised that it will not be an issue. <laughs> It'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. So that—that that is a good thing. So yes, so we were—we will be back here every Saturday at uh, twelve Studio Time, and on Sunday at six PM Studio Time as well. Um, so if you tried to tune into us last week and there was, you know, something keeping you from doing that, it's all good and everything is fixed. Um, Rowan, there was something that I had to cut out of the show last week and that is this wonderful project that you've been working on which is the pagan blog project would you like to take a moment and tell everybody what's going on with that i guess i could if you haven't heard heard of it by now then you probably don't read a blog i guess because <laughs> i've been really surprised to find out how many people have heard about it just from reading someone else's blog and it's just been really interesting to see how people are finding it um, but basically, the Pagan Blog Project was something that I started uh, the first week of January this year to sort of be a way to connect pagan bloggers who might not have, you know, really big popular blogs. You know, we're not talking about people with, you know, thousands of followers or anything like that. Um, and give people an opportunity to spend the year doing very specific blog posts exploring their personal path, maybe studying something that they have been interested in but haven't really taken the time to sit down and, you know, read about or study and what have you. And um, so basically this is just a way to kind of bring those people together and sort of do these posts once a week and share information and sort of learn a little bit too from other people's posts that they're doing. And so basically the way that we're doing it is – Rather than a specific topic, because I've seen little things like this before, um, WordPress actually did a really cool thing this past year um, with a post a day where you got a very specific prompt to work with, you know, like if I had a million dollars, what kind of car would I buy, you know, things like that. And I had thought about doing something like that, but then kind of realized that, you know, you're going to get people that'll participate in something like this that have all different kinds of traditions that they practice and not everyone 
is going to celebrate in bulk, for example, because it just might not be part of their tradition. So rather than saying, okay, this week we're going to write about, you know, breed, instead, you know, I said, okay, well, we'll do a letter with 26 letters in the alphabet doing the same letter twice, you know, in a row, you end up with your full year of 52 weeks. So basically how we're doing this is every Friday there's a letter that we're doing and you just use that letter to give you inspiration to find something to write about. And it's been interesting to see how some people have have used that. The idea is to kind of write something pagan specific. It can be related to your specific practice, something that you do, something that you involve in, in your spiritual path, or it can be something that you're just interested in and that you don't really know much about. Um, last week I wrote about the Norse practice of the uh, bloat ceremony and it was, I thought for sure I wasn't going to find anybody else that was going to write about this. I was, which kind of at first kind of bummed me out because I wanted to see other people's takes on it. And I was really happy to see, like, it wasn't a lot of people. I think it was only like maybe four other people out of, I think now we have 280 something or 300 people participating. Um, but to see at least a couple other people write about it and be able to read their stuff was really, really great. So, um... That's pretty much, you know, what it is. It's just, you know, everybody kind of writing these posts, sort of sharing their experience and their knowledge and pretty much kind of saying, okay, so what do you have to say to help out with that, you know? So mm -hmm. right now we have, we have over 300 people as part of our Facebook group, which is kind of the community aspect of it. Um, we have a little less than that because not everyone who's participating is public about it, which is important to kind of note because you'll notice that. We've got, um, you know, over 300 people in the Facebook group, but not everyone's registered their blog as participating because some people are kind of doing it on their own. I know there's a couple people that aren't doing it online at all, but they're using this as sort of inspiration to do their own, like, private thing, which is totally fine. But we have a master blog list as well for anyone who's participating and wants other people to be able to find them. You can register your blog um, with our website, and then you can, you know, people can find your blog. And we also, on... The website, which is paganblogproject.com, there's also every week a post is put up that people who are participating can go and there's a little widget to put in their, the link to their post for that week and the title of what their post was. And then this way you could just go to that one page and find all of the posts for that week and just kind of bop around to each of them and kind of check them out. So mm -hmm. pretty fun. And, and how has the response been from the community, um, you know, for people who aren't necessarily actually being involved in it? Honestly, I don't know. I, I'm assuming good. I haven't heard a bad <laughs> thing yet, so I'm guessing that everyone's kind of enjoying it. I've seen um, a few people that have joined the Facebook group that aren't really participating per se, but are reading the posts and are just kind of keeping an eye on it and just seeing what's going on. Um, and they seem to have to be liking it too, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I'm, there are some kind of framework and rules that I kind of try and keep everybody, you know, kind of in just to keep things organized, but really it's kind of, here's the, the concept and the idea and the, and the community around it. And now go do what you need to do kind of thing. But there are, you know, like I try and get everyone, okay, just post on Fridays. It's nice if we all do it on the same day. <laughs> And, you know, let's all stay on the same, 
letter for the week to have some cohesiveness. It's not, it's not like, okay, you're going to do it my way. It's, it's more of a, let's, you know, let's all do it together. And this is one of those ways of doing it together. So like this week we have, um, our second of the two letter B weeks. And so the next week we'll be moving on to C and then we'll be doing two weeks of C posts and, so, and it's been interesting because a lot of times, like, for example, the first B week we had, I can't even tell you how many posts on, on the goddess breed. And it was so interesting to see all the different takes that people have on her. Because of course, like we talked about last week, personal relationship is a huge part of, you know, work with, with the gods. And so it was interesting to see the different personal relationships and the different experiences that people have had with one specific goddess and to see how vast her you know, her understanding is, you know, with different people. So, so that's one of the things that I, that I really like about the project is being able to see how, you know, five, 10 or 20 people will take the same subject and kind of, you know, put their twists and spins and their personal uh, experiences on it and just change everything completely, which was the same thing that we had happen with like the first, very first week, because we started with the letter A. And I think, you know, at least half the people that were participating at that point wrote about their altar and it was, which was really interesting to see all the different takes on, on how to work with an altar and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, even if you don't want to write, you know, and that's another thing too. We've had a lot of people participating, start their, start their first blog just because they wanted to do this, which has been very cool to see, you know, people that are, you know, there's always a little bit of growing pain with learning how to write a blog. So we've had, you know, a lot of people who are like, I don't even know how to tag a post. So, you know, we're doing little, you know, blogging 101 sessions here and there, but, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So if you go to paganblogproject.com, you can get all the info and you can see all of the posts we've had so far and see the list of the participating blogs and, and how you can participate if you're not and you want to, because you can join in at any time you know, it's not like now you can't because we're, you know, past the first of the year or anything. Um, the only thing is that if you join in the process, I just ask that you pick up where we are, but you can always go back and work on the, the stuff that you miss. So like, you know, if you're joining us now, you'll be coming in at the letter C, but if you have a B topic you really want to write about, you certainly can do that too. But, you know, mm -hmm. pick up where we're at, but it's, it's fun. So it's working out really well. Well, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I know you are, you're a really good blogger and, um, if anybody can actually do this, it's totally you. So <laughs> very, very cool. Well, no, yeah. And I've, I've heard all just all good stuff and, you know, I had gotten up and I'd started to do this project cause I thought, well, Rowan is such a great blogger and I could totally just jump on and blog and <laughs> no, um, <laughs> and not, not, not with a magazine and all the other stuff we've got going on. I don't know how you're juggling all of it. Um, but well, I guess you're, you are an Aries. And so I brought that up last week and this is why <laughs> fire signs get stuff done. Um, and so that's, that's where we're at. Well, very cool. I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of you and the work that you're doing and the, the feedback has just been really cool. Um, and it has been really neat seeing so many different viewpoints on a particular subject. And I think it really does a lot to help us broaden our horizons when it comes to our understanding of things. And I think your project and doing this has just been really cool. So thank you for helping the community in that way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's what we do here on The Modern Witch. 
Um, so, all right. So I don't know if you've been following the news too much. I'm going to avoid the political conversation because all I really want to do is rip San, you know, Rick Santorum a, a new uh, hole. But I'm not going to. I'll save that for a later episode. Um, but one of the things that's been kind of in the in the pagan news and and actually made its way into the, the more secular news is the story of a North Carolina school giving Bibles away. Um, it's a public school. And uh, there was a woman who challenged this because basically what the school was doing, they had received a shipment of Bibles. They were giving the Bibles out at the school. And uh, one of the pagan students came home and was talking to his mother about this. The school had given um, the, any student who wanted to basically get out of class, they could go and go get a Bible and come back to class. So they were given like a break time during the day to go do this outside of the other stuff in the school. Well, of course, the, the pagan kid is like, well, I don't need that Bible, right? So he comes home and uh, his mother ends up calling the, the school because, of course, she had some questions about it. And the school was very crappy to her um, in her response because, of course, that's how it always starts off, right? Um, so then, uh, the right people heard about it. Next thing we know, it's all over the news. I mean, it ended up being on, um, Fox. It was on CBC. Um, it was in the Houston Chronicle. There's, there's been a lot of, um, news sources that have picked this up. So basically what's happened, so this is just, just, was it just a couple, what, maybe a week ago, week and a half ago. So what's happened, has it been a couple weeks? Yeah. Well, we're still waiting to hear because the school, of course, once they were challenged on this. Um, and she said, well, okay, well, if you're going to give Bibles out, can we give some pagan material out? And, of course, they said, well, no, we can't do that. So there is a huge um, dispute, and they're still trying to figure out what's going on with that. But luckily enough, um, Lady Liberty League got involved. I mean, there's a lot of really cool things that are happening with it. So what what are your thoughts on this? Because this isn't the first time that we've seen um, this that standard of you know church and state and separation thereof. Um, those lines blurring. And for some reason, it, of course, it's acceptable for the majority, but not the minority. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know we've, we've had plenty of conversations about this happening, this kind of stuff happening. Well, I kind of, <laughs> with this particular situation, I have sort of a mixed view because I honestly, you know, I, one of the things that I had read, it talked about how the, you know, the, they got the shipment of Bibles from Gideon's and they just kind of had them in the office at the school and decided that they would give that opportunity if students wanted them, they could come come during a break time and pick them up. Now, one of the things that was interesting in one of these articles was that they made this huge deal about how they turned it from, it was just, you know, we have them, if you want them, you can come pick one up, to it was they were being, quote, handed out by a teacher because there was a teacher in the office just physically giving the book to the student that would come in. And all of a sudden now it went into, Oh, teachers are handing out Bibles. You know, it, I honestly think, well, I, I definitely don't agree with the, we can do handout one and not the other. I also think that there are a lot of issues in this particular situation where things just got, out of hand, blown out of proportion, and people maybe being a little oversensitive. Now, I don't think that the Bibles should have, I think when the Bible, shipment of Bibles came, the, the principal should have taken them and put them away and never said a word. That's what I think should have happened. I don't think that it was necessarily okay to start passing them out in whatever fashion, but I think that a lot of people have taken some liberties with the whole process of how this happened in order to make it look worse than it probably really was. 
and I can understand the the woman um, Ginger. I can't remember her last name, who who said, "Look, you know, my son's coming home with a Bible. That's not cool. And you know, how about if I come down there with some pagan books and we pass those out?" Like I understand her challenging the situation to that degree, but I also kind of think you gotta know it's inflammatory. You gotta know it's gonna cause a problem. So if you're gonna take it that way, then you know, because now the woman's saying she's getting death threats. You gotta kind of expect that you're gonna be rocking the bow, and you gotta be ready for that. And so, you know, this this is not the first time it's happened before in other states and other parts of the country. Um, the the whole thing really is that regardless of what your religion is that you're trying to promote or share, whatever it is, it does not belong in school. And so the Bibles ever should have been handed out, set out, whatever actually happened, they should have, when they got there, they should have just been pushed aside and never mentioned again. And I, but at the same time, I kind of, I don't know, I, I know that I'll get a lot of crap for this, but honestly, I think that, you know, you, you don't go in and rock the boat further by going, hey, let me bring some pagan books. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to expect that you're not going to get a welcome reception, <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, and then, and then when you're getting death threats, you kind of have to, I don't know, maybe take a, a little, like, pause and go, well, maybe this wasn't the best, <laughs> the best way to approach this. But, I, you know, I think that um, in the end, I, I just hope that this ends up being a lesson to everyone, not just people with Bibles right. who want to hand them out to schools, but right. pagan parents as well, to kind of just be like, listen, religion is, it doesn't belong in schools, and by pushing the issue, by trying to drop off, you know, Scott Cunningham books or something in a school is not making things better, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a big this, overblown situation, though, I think. Yeah, no, this is definitely a hot-button topic um, within the community, and so, um, yeah. I just, I don't know, I just, I, my personal opinion is just that the whole thing is, I don't know, the whole thing is just a big mess, and I think that Honestly, as pagan parents, which I am not, but mm -hmm. I am pagan. <laughs> right. But I will say that I don't think that that by doing things like try, like showing up at schools trying to pass out pagan material is necessarily going to make things better. No, I and agree. You kind of have to understand that, you know, they were in the right in the first place. Well, you're not in the right by showing up and trying to pass out your own stuff too. So yeah, so this is definitely a hot button topic, and. Um... Guys, stay tuned. Uh, we are going to be coming right back after we take a little bit of a musical break and we hear a word from our sponsors, The Mystic Dream. And we're going to be talking about the relationship and the connection to modern paganism and the muggle world. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Breeze on which bird. 
Hi there, I'm Storm Fairy Wolf from the Mystic Dream, the online spiritual supply store catering to magic, witchcraft, and spirit. Check out our online store where you will find crystals, candles, ritual supplies, and herbs, or browse over our large selection of free spells and rituals. And while you're at it, why not book a psychic reading with some of the most talented mediums, clairvoyants, and tarot experts in the modern occult world? We also offer magical and conjure services like setting of lights, custom mojos, and a wide range of our very own conjure and magical products blended in-house handcrafted oils, bath salts, powders, waters, incense, dressed candles, and more. Available only at The Mystic Dream. Visit us online at www.themysticdream.com or give us a call at 925-933-2342. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon.
punished and God thinks the white man is Satan. God, they know what God thinks. God thinks we should all convert to Judaism. God thinks we must all be Christians and God thinks we should all embrace Islam. Thinks the only true religion is Hinduism And I, I know what God thinks God thinks you're a waste of flesh Oh, oh, God prefers an atheist Oh, oh, God, God God thinks all people like you are God thinks all people like you are an embarrassment to creation Self-righteous, judgmental, first to throw a stone And use his name for your own protection God thinks the sun revolves around the earth God thinks there was something very wrong with Copernicus God thinks abortion is murder and God thinks everything that science gave us is wrong God thinks women deserve it God thinks AIDS is a form of punishment I hate people who blame the devil for their own shortcomings And I hate people who thank God when things go right And I, I know what God thinks God thinks you're an idiot And it smells like death It's all in our days We're taking money from the poor Why do you think that God Would need your dirty money If you want to start a holy war Self-righteous, judgmental First to throw stone Using his name For your own protection Need to die, and God thinks babies need to drown. Cause God is neither good nor bad. God is you and me, God is everything. And welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the modern witch. So, 
Rowan, we were just having an interesting discussion about the relationships between the pagan world and the secular world and how right now what we're noticing is that there is, well, a lot of those plates are bumping into each other and where where there's a lot of growing pains right now in the community. And it's not that the growing pains haven't always been there because they have. I mean, there's always been some minority group that's going up against a majority group. And I mean, that's just kind of civilization, you know. Um, But now we're running into to the issue where um, the lines that once were were kept pretty solid um, are being blurred, or at least we're we're finding out about them blurring more. um, Well, just more, (laughs) you know, these days. So. As pagans, you know, we have to go out, we have to work in, in, in the muggle world, you know, I keep using the term muggle. Wow, I am totally a product of Harry Potter <laughs> in a lot of ways, I didn't even notice. Um, but, you know, so we, we're going out into the, the mainstream world, we've got jobs in the mainstream world, and we're, we're running up against a lot of these these kind of issues. I remember a couple of years ago, it was that um, businesses weren't giving employees time off if they were pagan to go celebrate their Sabbaths, but they were, give, you know, but it was okay to give, you know, the Christian holidays. And right. I remember how big of a deal that was. I remember um, there being plenty of cases um, just, well, not not too, uh, not too far off in the past. We, we of course, had the whole um, issue with the, the goddess Columbia and, uh-huh. you know, people attacking Columbia. And so there, there's we're really running up against this. And, you know, here it is 2012 and every witch I've talked to, you know, I think except for you, (laughs) but every witch I've (laughs) talked to just about has, you know, all 2012 has been a a topic. Um, And a lot of it seems to be that a lot of witches out there feel like we really are kind of raising, raising in our vibration that we're, we're entering a new aeon, a new era. Do you feel like the stuff that we're going through when it comes to our, our worlds colliding, is that part of, of what's happening here? Is there a spiritual reason? I mean, what, what, what is really going on here that we should be looking at versus, you know, being so overwhelmed with the, the stress that it's causing? Well, I honestly think that this whole, I, you know, the whole 2012 thing and the, Oh, look, you know, now we're going through this spiritual change. Um, when we look at the, I guess you could call them clashes in a lot of ways between, you know, the pagan perspective of things and the more mainstream. I think the reason that we're, you know, we think we're seeing it more is because our perception just is that, oh, we're going through this change. And so now this is all happening. Um, Because like, for example, this situation with the Bibles in the school, you know, this isn't a new thing. This happens a lot. You know, we we don't always hear about it, doesn't always make national news, but it happens quite often. So this isn't a new thing. It's not as though, you know, it's got anything to do with any, you know, global spiritual awakening or anything like that. It's just that now we're you know, we're probably a little bit more sensitive to seeing these things because we're under this impression that we are going to be going through this. You know, it's like I, the whole 2012 thing actually did come up with me um, mid-December because it had come up on my Facebook page as a, a topic of discussion. Someone had asked my my opinion on 2012. And personally, I think that the whole 2012 thing and stuff like this happening, I don't I don't believe that it's really so much 
a huge awakening that's actually going to happen so much as we have now convinced ourselves it's going to happen we are in a we have come into a mode we're prepared for something to happen so i think that just that global consciousness of it is going to either create something on its own or create the perception that something is happening because there's a lot if depending on who you ask and where you look there are different theories on when the age of aquarius is actually supposed to occur not everybody believes it's happening now there are a lot there are some astrological you know practices and traditions and astrologers and what have you who don't believe it's going to happen for another 230 years so there are a lot you know i i honestly think at this point really it's just a matter of perception and what the collective consciousness has now come to believe and i think that there is that idea that we are going to go through a lot of spiritual transitions this year and i don't think that it's necessarily so much a product of 2012 as it is just a product of what we have now created perception wise and you know again it's just idea that when we start to see things like this happening it it just raises our awareness more to pay attention to those weird little things that happen in our communities where our faith might be maligned or whatever you know like you talked about um the issue with the holidays I think the one thing that a lot of people forget is that whether it's right or wrong or however you want to perceive it, a lot of the, quote, Christian holidays are also bank holidays here in the United States. So we're, you're naturally going to get those days off anyhow. You're not going to work on Christmas unless you're in a retail field where your store is open and you volunteer to work on Christmas because it's not your holiday. I mean, unless... Unless you're in that kind of situation, you're going to get things like Easter and Christmas. And, you know, I mean, those things you're not going to work because they're also holidays of, you know, bank holidays in the States. So, yeah, Beltane isn't a bank holiday. Beltane isn't observed as a, you know, as a national holiday. But I think, you know, if you demand have it because i had a, a priestess of mine and i can't remember the whole story because it got really convoluted and there were a lot of other issues but this issue was part of why she had lost her job at one point because she wanted her um pagan holidays off and but in order for her to do that and i know this is the same with a lot of people who try and get those days off you need to use your personal and sick days because they're not they're not um you know traditional holidays so you need to use your personal personal and sick days to take those those days off. But a lot of people don't want to do that because now, you know, you only get a couple a couple of those days a year and people want to save their sick days for God forbid if they're sick, you know, not just to take off to celebrate a Sabbath. So um, you know, there's that idea that now stop and think. When you get all you know, your get all your, you know, broomstick in a bunch, you know, stop and ask yourself. When it comes to spiritual holidays and the other people that work around me, are they getting those days off? Now, we're not just talking about things like Christmas where everyone's going to get that off no matter what your religion is. But, you know, like asking yourself, do like Jews around me get, you know, all of, you know, Hanukkah off or are they coming to work? You know, because if they, that's not a national holiday, you know, so it's things like that. It's kind of waging, you know, that sort of balance and asking yourself, is it really just that I'm being overly sensitive about the fact that I asked for belting off and I can't have it or, you know, because my religion is being persecuted and things like that? 
or is it just that religious holidays are not given off to anyone and find it and you know and look around and find out ask people like if you know you have someone who's jewish in your workplace ask them have you ever asked to have any of your holidays off and have you been denied you know because because of that or told you have to use a personal day and just kind of look at it from that perspective i think everybody just looks at oh well christians get christmas off yeah, well, everyone gets Christmas off. I mean, come on, you know, let's, let's be a little realistic in what we're talking about, you know. So I think that there there's that kind of thing to look at, too. I, I've never worked anywhere, and I've, I've worked in a company that was run um, by Hindus. I've run worked in a company run by fairly traditional Jews. Nobody got religious holidays off even even the hindu workers in the place i worked that was owned by the hindus and even in the place that was owned by the jews they didn't give their i you know I'll, yeah i guess the only way to say it is their people they didn't give them special privilege and let them have their holidays off and everyone else came to work if it wasn't a bank holiday if it wasn't a traditional you know business close for business kind of day everyone came to work so I think that, that that whole thing, I think it's really oversensitive. Everyone wants to be able to have their days off if it falls on a work day. But you have to kind of stop and say, you know, does my business place or my workplace, what have you, give anyone their religious holidays off? If they do, but you don't get yours, then yes, you have an issue. But if they don't and you don't get yours and you have to take a personal day because you want to have the whole day of Beltane off to yourself, then that's your own personal issue to deal with. It's, you know, it's not necessarily that you're being discriminated against. It's just, it's not policy to give religious holidays off to anyone. You know, I think that just that whole thing gets really blown out of proportion because people are overly sensitive. They feel like, oh, well, I'm pagan and I'm being persecuted. That's not necessarily the case in most of those situations. So in my experience, a lot of it gets down to the ability to um, perceive that there are other things going on besides, mm-hmm. you know, those mainstream kind of Christian bank holidays. And to me, that I think that's more of what I tend to have an issue with is, isn't the, the, give me the day off because I, like you said, you know, if my Jewish friend who I work with isn't going to get, you know, Yom Kippur off, then I'm not going to complain about not getting a star off. I don't think right. that's not a fair thing. Right. And everything shuts down during, you know, those, those holidays. And so it's part of the culture. It's part of the society. And if pagans really want to get an uproar about it, we all know that all of the Christian holidays come from pagan holidays anyway. So really you're just really getting to connect to your roots just in a way you weren't expecting um but you know when we're looking at a lot of it to me it really just gets down to perception are people perceiving us are people um giving us the an equal amount of attention do they are they aware are they acknowledging that pagans do exist i think those are the things that that tend to upset me more and um, you know when i look at pagans i see a lot of i see a lot of really beautiful souls who are really struggling to find empowerment in their lives. Um, unfortunately, because of the way that our secular culture tends to work, there is a lot of um, distance between different groups of people. I mean, you know, it, it, you don't just have the, the you know, the Southern Baptists, you know, getting together with the Catholics on Sunday night. It doesn't happen, you know. Um, and, and so we've got, we, we tend to, if, if there's a difference, we exaggerate that difference. And I think that's really the issue. I think a lot of the stuff we go down with, that goes down in society really just gets down to the fact that we're trying to push each other away too much. 
and we're not actually being able to create a system of communication, you know, because it's all about, well, I'm not that. Well, great. What are you? Let's start with that. Let's start with that first. Let's figure out what you are, and then you can complain about what you aren't later. But until then, until you know who you are and what you're doing, shut up. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of the way it is. And a lot of it, it's really, it's really, really irritating to me when um, people can't get over the victimization. Well, it's you know? interesting because I, I've noticed a lot, is, maybe not so much in the last few years, but I know back probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, when I was particularly involved in the local pagan community, I noticed that the whole, there was just this trend of persecution just ran rampant. Everybody was like, oh, I'm being persecuted at my job. I'm being persecuted by family. School is persecuting me. (laughs) Like there was just this, like almost a desire to have a problem. Like I need to have a problem to show that I'm being you know, either I'm being maligned in some way, my religion is being, you know, called out, I'm not being respected, I, you know, I'm not being treated the same as everyone else because I'm pagan and I wear a pentacle or whatever. You know, it just seemed like it was just this big trend for a while of just everyone was having some kind of problem because they were pagan. And I just couldn't understand. It's like so many of those problems, it's perception. It really is perception. If you perceive that you are being persecuted for your belief or because you wore a pentacle someone gave you a look sideways at starbucks you know all of a sudden you know people are coming to your house with pitchforks you know it's just it's it's really a lot of its perception i think it's how oversensitive you might be to the fact that you are pagan you know i think and i noticed particularly i think with a lot of people who are coming out publicly about their faith for the first time this is a, a big thing because I think a lot of people sort of expect that they're going to get persecuted in some way. People expect to get looked at sideways. They anticipate that someone is going to make a comment. And when they don't, it's almost like, well, so what did I do wrong that they didn't notice I was witchy enough or I was, you know, I did, did I not look like a witch today? Nobody looked at me funny, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed too, like for myself, I've, I've never been some, I mean, in all of my years of, you know, 25, 26 years of practicing this, this path, I have never once hid who I am or anything about me. I've always worn my jewelry out on the, you know, the front of my clothes and and that sort of thing. So I've kind of, I think, come to the point where I don't notice it. If somebody does give me a look, I don't notice it. I don't ever notice that anyone is treating me any differently. And you know, so I think that for me, and I kind of, I always say that I think that my way of how I've grown through my path is very um, unique in a lot of ways because I never had those problems that a lot of people do. I didn't have problems. My parents didn't try to disown me for being a witch or anything. I never had a problem with practicing around my family. I haven't been disowned or, you know, lost friends because of it or anything like that. And I've never had a problem with an employer or, being you know in any way discriminated against in public you know anywhere i've never had these problems so for me i i I sometimes wonder when i hear people especially if they live in the same area where i live it's i i find it interesting when people say that they've had problems now i understand that if you live in certain parts of especially within the united states i understand you're going to have a problem and it's not safe for you to walk around with a giant pentacle blazing from your chest like 
that's understandable. And that's also where you have to take a little personal responsibility and say, do I live in a place where it is okay for me to be public about who I am? But, you know, when I hear people talk about how, oh, you know, I went to, you know, Starbucks and they completely acted like I wasn't even there and it's because I'm pagan and they saw, you know, the pagan t-shirt I was wearing. Things like that always kind of make me stop and go, really? Because I've never experienced that, especially if I live in the same, you know, general vicinity of that person. It's like, really? What Starbucks was it? Because I got to go and find out, you know, <laughs> see if that happens to me because I don't understand sometimes where where these things, you know, happen, you know, how they happen. And I honestly think a lot of it is perception. If somebody gives you a less than, you know, pleasant look one day, all of a sudden it's, oh my God, it's because I was wearing a pentacle and I'm pagan and they don't like pagans. And, you know, so I think a lot of it's perception too. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that that trend of, you know, oh, I'm being discriminated against really isn't as big as it once was, which I think mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. it's definitely a good thing. Oh, but yeah. I also think that, you know, a lot of it too, when it still happens, you know, you have to kind of step back you know, when it happens in the moment and you really think, oh, my God, I'm being discriminated against because I'm a witch, you have to kind of stop and pull yourself back from it, obviously, when you're out of the situation and look at it again and think about it again. Like, did I over exaggerate what happened? Because a lot of times you realize you were just like caught off guard or it was this because I'm not even though I, I haven't really had a lot of those experiences, I'm not saying I've never had them because that would be completely untrue and unrealistic. But when they do happen, you have to kind of stop, pull yourself back from it after the fact and just kind of say, was was it me? Like, was I just taking this whole thing out of context and being a little, like, oversensitive? Or did this genuinely happen? I think that's important to, to do, too. So, Well, you know, one of the things I think is we're talking about perception is, you know, again, if we're, if we're going into it and we're expecting that we're going to be victimized, you know, it, coming out as a gay man. And coming out as a witch are are actually similar things in a lot of ways, but of course not in a lot of other ways. Right, right. Um, but one of the things that I know I had come up across with with looking at kind of where I was as a pagan, where I was, you know, as a gay man, and and uh, being able to kind of reconcile, you know, who I was in the moment was really looking at people and saying, well, you know. First of all, if if you expect that a gay man is always going to be some, you know, exceptionally skinny, twinky guy who wears pink and <laughs> bright blue, you know, and cotton candy in his hair. And, you know, every time he talks, a purse falls out of his mouth. Then <laughs> that's what you're expecting. You know, that's what you're going to expect. Uh, but that isn't the case, you know, and no. it isn't that I have anything against guys like that. I've, I've, I love guys like that. You know, they're <laughs> hysterical. They're great to be around. Um, but what, I, what I'm saying is, you know, if, if we go into it, we're expecting that, oh, well, you're, you couldn't be gay because you don't look gay. Well, that's crap. And we all know that's crap. Well, it's the same thing as, you know, being a witch. Just because you're a witch, it doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, air all that out into the world. I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying, you know, look at your own comfort zone. It's about kind of slowly introducing yourself you know, into the world and slowly introducing yourself to the flow of the, the secular world, because there are going to be days that you are going to feel very powerful and very empowered because you you were able to hold your head up high all day long, you know, while you were walking through the streets. And there are going to be days that you feel absolutely horrible, you know, because you feel like you're, you're not attached to your spirituality in the way that you, you know, you used to be. And, and this life is hard people. 
I mean, life is hard. And the important thing right now isn't to look around and start grasping at straws because it, you know, it reminds me uh, a lot of trying to put a cat in water. You know, you gotta, you gotta give your cat a bath. It is going to try everything it can possibly do not to have to go in that bathtub. And that may include you losing an eye, you know, because (laughs) it's just wants to get out. It just wants to go. Well, there's so much fear behind that. There's so much anxiety behind that, that it causes a lot more issues than it needs to. You know, we've all held the cat, you know, and trying to bathe it and go, well, why can't you just chill out? This would be over in four minutes. You know, and so that's kind of what we're going to, we're, we're so not wanting to get in that water. We're so not wanting to do that because we're, we're expecting it's going to be this horrible thing. Don't expect it to be horrible. Right. You know, a yeah. lot of it is what are you creating? One of the things that I, I think, um, I know I harp on a lot, um, at least with my students, is the idea that if you're going to go out and you're going to live a life and, you know, and it's a magical life, then you're going to have to understand that there are going to be times that you're going to have to explain things, not because, you know, you're being put on the spot or you're being challenged, but because it's your job right. to help explain things. You know, as a witch, one of the things that we really need to do is to, is to start to change the public perception. Um, you know, and again, I'm going to talk about the gay thing. There was a uh, commercial that just went out. Um, it's actually a performance art piece. Um, where they take a very, you know, normal looking gay couple and they basically take them to suburban areas. Most of this is down in the South, which I think is, is awesome. And they set up in the middle of like, you know, a, a plaza or something. They set up a, um, a dining room table and a couch and like a little living room set up. And it's called the Gay Agenda. And in the Gay Agenda, basically, you have a 12-hour art installation that is a gay couple doing what gay couples do, which is reading books and cooking dinner. <laughs> because the Gay Agenda is actually quite boring. And, and, but that's the thing. And so, you know, you've got these art installations of these actors. They're not even, and, you know, they're all gay couples and lesbian couples um, who are, you know, having dinner with their straight friends. And this is what you see. And it's a big letter. It's the gay agenda. Again, it's really boring. You know, what's the same thing? We don't create change by creating issue. We create change by rising above the issue. And what I mean by that is to, of course, be aware that, you know, we have prejudices, you know, out there and things like that. But at the same point in time, it is much, much better to be someone who is grounded, who is aligned, who is stable, who can handle social pressure, who can, you know, jump into a conversation with somebody um, and have an educated discussion with them. Um, and live a life where that positivity, all that good stuff that witchcraft really does afford us because of the discipline that it takes. If you're a person and you're really aligned and you're there, people are going to come up to you and go, hey, you have a really great life. Or, hey, you seem to manage your stress better than I do. What is your secret? Or, you know what, when you got that bad news, you handled it differently than I did. Well, you know, how do you do that? It's better to have those people come up to us and say, I really think what you're doing right now is really neat and cool. Can we talk about it? Versus us saying, look what I am, 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 look what I am. Eventually, people are just going to start looking away because they're so sick of seeing, you know, your $5 pentacle. You know, it's the truth and it causes more issue. And then we start separating people. It isn't about that. It's about integrating into society, not because, you know, we want to infiltrate. It's because that's where we belong. 
That's right. our that is our right as as citizens of of you know humanity. We have the right to be part of our culture. We have the right to be part of our civilization. Sometimes that means that we're going to run up against you know somebody who really 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 doesn't like what we have to say. But it is the same thing that we see uh, when we've got uh, people who are Muslim, you know, in our country or in, you know, other parts of the world. You know, that's the same thing we see when people are Hindu and people don't understand what that means. You know, depending on where you're at, there are clashing cultures. It's what happens. The cultures, however, that take the perspective of none of that actually matters. You know, I like I think it's I want to say it's in Sweden. The the concept of religion is a very interesting thing because they have religious, um, you know, groups and things like that within their culture, um, of course. But it is such a non-issue for people that it's akin to asking somebody what their bedroom habits are. Uh-huh. I mean, that's that's the degree of it. You just don't go there with somebody because it's not your damn business. And I kind of happen to like that. Uh, and the reason being that it across the board, it goes to that same thing that we talked about originally with this, you know, this woman who's who was upset because her son was given a Bible. You know, it's it's that. Oh, OK. Well, this just doesn't have any place here. This this is not acceptable. This is not appropriate discussion, topic, things like that to have within this setting. So we're not going to do that. And I'm going to respect you enough to mind my own business. You know, one of the things about being a citizen, this is probably the only thing I remember from my senior year of high school. Um, like any, <laughs> it was, And it's just a phrase. It was a phrase that my civics teacher uh, or my government teacher had, uh, had uh, said, and it was that your rights end where mine begin. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. And the it, it stuck out to me so much because it's so true. You have the right to go and, and have your free speech. You have the right to go and, and assemble. You have the right to do all those things. However, when your rights start encroaching upon mine, then we got an issue. Right. And I try to live my life being very respectful of other people's rights. And that doesn't mean I understand them. I mean, there's things that I don't get that's going on in the world right now at all, When it, especially when it comes to prejudice. I mean – did you hear about how, like, Germany has a huge um, increase in anti-Semitism? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, didn't we learn from the first two world <laughs> wars that, you know, because Germany started both world wars. And right. I'm like, I, I just, I don't understand racism. I don't understand anti-Semitism. And maybe that's because I did grow up, you know, in kind of that 90s generation where we were trying very hard to stamp those things out. Uh-huh. But... I, it doesn't compute in my brain. I don't understand looking at somebody and based off of their religion, their color, their you know speech, anything, and actually just taking away their right as a sentient being solely based off of the color of their skin or their speech or any of those things. It just it does not compute to me. Yeah, but I also I also think too though that it's kind of disingenuous to say that you know no one ever has twinges of prejudice of oh prejudice. no that's that's completely that, part know, of I our mean, brain if yeah. like one of my favorite favorite <laughs> favorite things is the um the broadway play avenue q mm-hmm. and there's a song in avenue q called everyone's a little bit racist and uh-huh. it's kind of true i mean when mm-hmm. you stop and you think about it even the most open-minded person who is like well i have absolutely no no bias towards race or racial things we all have moments granted they're mostly internal moments we Mm -hmm. don't share them with the world but we all have those moments where we realize oh crap that thought was just extremely racist and Mm -hmm. that was terrible Mm -hmm. i mean but you know and it's just i think it's just part of 
you know, learning to flow through society. There are always going to be other groups and factions of the world that you're not going to agree with. No one ever right. is going to agree with everyone 100%, whether it has to do with things related to race, religion, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be something that you're not going to agree with, and it's going to create a bias towards other things related to that, be, be the people, concepts, theories, whatever. And that's just the way society works. That's the way the human brain functions. It's fine. And it's fine. And But the problem to me, part of the problem with that is the issue of then trying to be in denial that no, that's, I'm really, I really never have a racist thought. Really? Then you are, you are completely the biggest liar I've ever oh, met. No, no, I no, mean, no, you know, like things like that, you know, and, you know, like you had mentioned before about, um, you know, if you're going to be out and you're going to be pagan, you need to be able to answer some questions. That's the one of the big things when I have students who ask me if it's if they should start wearing their pagan jewelry, like should they start wearing a pentacle out in public and things like that. Should I take it out from under my shirt now? You know, it's like they're looking for that test. Like, when do I know it's have I passed the, <laughs> right. I passed the pagan test? Like, can I be public about my faith? Well, my answer to that is always, if you are ready to answer questions from someone who does not agree with you or believe in what you believe, yes, because mm -hmm. it's going to happen. You're going to be in the line at the grocery store and someone behind you, when you turn around, is going to see the necklace and is going to ask you if you're a devil worshiper. How are you going to handle that situation? Are you going to flip out? Are you going to clam up? Are you going to be able to explain the difference between your pentacle and what you believe and what someone else who might wear a pentacle and what they believe? Like, can you explain the difference between being a pagan witch and being, you know, a devil worshiper or being a Satanist because devil worshiper and Satanist are not the same thing, you know? So can you explain that? If you can't, then you probably shouldn't yet because you're going to get those questions. And if you can't answer the basic questions that someone who doesn't understand what that symbol means, you're just going to make yourself feel like crap, to be honest. But you're also going to just be adding to that perception that that person already had, that these people are crazy and don't know a thing. Right. Most people still think of anybody who's pagan as we're automatically Wiccan. And, right. oh, um, God, I know. <laughs> and that we all weigh 400 pounds. I remember when I first uh, started, well, like I think season one of the show, um, there was a video that had been posted on YouTube about a, a girl, or she was in college, and um, she was waiting in line to like get a drink for the drinking fountain, and there was a, a heavy set woman in front of her who was having very bad breathing problems and things like that. So as the woman, and apparently she, she was smelly too. And as the woman um, bent over to get a drink of, from the fountain, a pentacle fell out of her shirt because she was wearing it around her neck. And in the YouTube video, this woman was saying, and I just knew she was pagan or I just knew that she was a Wiccan. I could, I could tell even before it came out of, her, out of her shirt because she was fat and she was smelly and da -da -da. You know, here's the thing. We cannot completely say that that is one of those biased things that, um, you know, didn't have, doesn't have some sort of, of kind of truth to it. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pagans who do not take care of themselves and they use their spirituality as a crutch to give them excuses for not getting off their butts and going for a walk. 
You know, it's true. It's, it's one of it really nature, bothers me. It's a nature religion. Go for a friggin' walk. Go out for in a nature. walk. Exactly. <laughs> but it really, really bothers me that you know because this is stuff that I hear all the time, uh-huh. um, and you know it. It just it's I don't know. It, you know, my whole thing is witchcraft empowers me. It it helps me break through my blocks. It's a lot like I was talking to somebody who was going who's going through a twelve step program. And there's a part of, of your 12-step pro work where you're supposed to be very, very honest and open about, you know, you and your faults. And, you know, it's a very honest um, identification of issues that you have. And sometimes that honesty is going to bring up um, a lot of insecurities, as I'm sure anybody can imagine. Well, so here's the thing. When you create a discipline within the craft, you end up doing that. You end up being able to identify, oh, I just had a really bad fight with my lover or my partner. And it made me feel like this. Energetically, I'm, I'm recognizing that this process is taking place. I need to go ground and center. I need to go meditate on this. You know, it's about looking at the stuff that's going on, not avoiding it, but looking at it and saying, how can I use the tools that I have learned to help remove these obstacles, to help lift those burdens so that I can get on the other side of this? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of witches out there who will do magic for other people, but won't do magic for themselves. You know, I was one of those witches for a long time. I, I would cast a spell for anybody, but I wouldn't do one for myself. You know, and it wasn't because I had some weird, you know, thing about, you know, oh, don't cast magic for yourself. It was just that I never really connected to things like that for whatever reason, you know. And one day as, you know, life was falling apart, I just kind of stood up and I said, wait a minute. I'm a witch. And I'm pretty confident in my ability to be a witch and to practice. And there is no reason why I shouldn't be able to cast a spell to help me make a little extra money this week, you know, as a bartender, when I was bartending or, you know, as a server, whatever. We have these tools for a reason. You know, if you're if you're going up against um, discrimination within your culture and your community, of course, there's practical means. There's, you know, you being educated so that you can go out and educate people as discussions arise. It's about not allowing yourself to reach your boiling point within that discussion so that you always look like the sovereign, calm intellectual that can have an actual adult conversation because most of the time I think what we find is that when we break into having a conversation with somebody who really doesn't understand and they do have a bias that ultimately by the time the conversation is over they were just ignorant to the reality of who we are and then they change the a lot of the times at least in my experience they walk away with at least a different understanding maybe not you know um, their mind maybe not be changed you know because that just doesn't happen easily sometimes but at least they walk away with a different understanding or at least they understand where you're coming from with it. Because what I have found is that a lot of the times people just assume that, you know, that you're worshiping the devil. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, well, no, actually I I worship a a goddess of freedom and of sovereignty. And all of my spiritual work is about going and empowering myself and helping others to become empowered. You know, that's what I say to people because that's, that's just kind of my generic answer at this point, but it's being prepared for those things. You know, it's knowing that I'm going to be, I'm going to be questioned about this. And ironically enough, of course, we know that if you talk to a lot of uh, Christians out there, they can't answer questions about their own religion. Which is so true. And which it's just, is really which weird is, It's really funny when, when you know, a pagan knows more about, you know, the Bible and Christianity than most Christians do. Right. You know, and that's which just so true. happens a lot. Yeah. Happens a whole crazy. lot. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and that's the thing. It's really just looking at it. I, I, 
I wish we could all get to the point where we at least tried to look for our similarities and we quit looking for all the things that make us different because we could get so much work done. We could get so much wonderful stuff done as a society. I mean, because this is happening. I mean, it's already happening in parts of the world and you know, other countries are already saying, no, this is our standard. This is how we are going to treat each other. You know, right. if you, one of the things that amazed me was, um, I have a friend of mine who's Japanese American and we had, of course, you know, when this, when the tsunami happened and, or the earthquake happened and then the nuclear plant stuff happened. And I remember listening to the most ignorant people. Oh, it upset me. Um, talking about, oh, this is what you get for, you know, Pearl Harbor and da da da. What was Hiroshima? You know, like, oh, it's your karma for Pearl Harbor, you know, and then, you know, a list of obscenities. And it amazed me. And and I was waiting and I, you know, I, I took a step back and I said, if I if I see anybody on my friends list post this, you're gone because I can't <laughs> I cannot support your level of ignorance. You know, it just well, really I mean, upsets me. We have the same thing happen when 9-11 happened. You know, Pat Robertson said that it was the gays and the pagans. You know, well, he was one of several people. That said, it was the, the it was the gays and the pagans. Jerry Falwell, I think, was one of the people that really was public about that. You know, if if it's not, it's because our society had turned away from God, and we allow, you know, <laughs> the way that this is what's funny about this stuff. It all you it, it makes it sound like there are you know gay couples fornicating on every corner, and you've right. got you know people boiling babies in cauldrons in everyone's backyard. I mean, you would think if you didn't like live in this country or know anything about this country, the way these, some of these people make it sound, you would just think this was the most debaucherous hell that you had ever been to. And you would never want to come here because you'd be so afraid that either someone would try to rape you in a bathroom or burn you, you know, Mm -hmm. and and put you in a cauldron. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. But I mean, the same the same thing had happened with 9-11 because I just remember being like, really? How, what does it have, what do the gays and the pagans have to do with the fact that this happened? Like, really? That's just well, lovely, you know? You've you know? Got, like Westboro Baptist Church, you know, God hates fags. And, you know, and that's the reason why according soldiers to are them, dying overseas. Ugh. According to them, God hates everybody. I mean, you know. It, God it hates everything. Yeah. God just hates freaking God everybody. hates Sweden. That was yeah. my, that was funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah so but, you know i mean and that's that's the thing is you know there's just if 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 we approach each other from a place of bigotry if we approach each other from a place that is not actually seeking a true connection then there's no point in approaching each other to begin with because it just breeds more discontent you know it's just it's like what you were saying earlier you know yes we know that those Bibles should not have been passed out. But going up to, you know, the school and going about it in the way of, oh, well, if you, if they can do it, so can I. That isn't exactly going to breed a an environment in which your son is going to feel comfortable going to that school. Right. It's right. not going to breed an environment in which you as a community member feel like you're part of that community. You know, you should never have to defend your religious beliefs ever i don't care what it is i don't care if i don't agree with them you shouldn't have to defend them because those are your devout beliefs and i can respect that however when those religious beliefs get in the way of my ability to be a citizen then we got some issues right and you know know, i think i think too that it's important to keep in mind that when we're dealing with issues like that one with the bibles you know 
when you have to stop and think if you're upset about the fact that there are Bibles in the school, there are going to be parents who are going to be upset that there's going to be pagan books in the school. Mm-hmm. There will be there will be parents who will be upset if there's a Quran in the school and parents will be upset if there. I mean, it's just like things like that. It doesn't matter what the religion is. Change the change the name of the religion. Change the name of the text. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be someone who's going to be upset because really it's not a place where religion belongs, especially in a public school. If it were a parochial school, that's a whole other situation. But right, right. In, a, in a public school, it just does not belong, period. So I don't – that's why it's like, you know, I've, I've already kind of said this a few times on, like, Facebook and stuff and gotten some flack for it. But, I mean, honestly, I have to say, I don't think that just because you're a pagan – mother or whatever that that necessarily um means that you should go in and say well you know my child goes to the school too and so i want pagan things here mm-hmm. you know that's not making things better i mean you know just if you don't want christianity in the school then paganism doesn't get to be there either mm-hmm. they both need to well, stay out and that's the thing it's it's all about what are you doing what life force are you exhausting right now because what could have happened was her going to the to calling the school and saying, "Look, I do have an issue with this, and I would like this to be addressed right now." As right. a as a taxpayer who is paying, is helping pay for this, you know, this school, and as somebody who has a child within the system, I have every single right to know why, where, and when. You know, that is absolutely true. And you do have that right. Right. And then from there, the discussion needs to be taken place of, well, why did this exactly happen? What, you know, what in the rules say this is acceptable? And then if you don't like the rule, then guess what you do? Right. You change it. Now, there was, and I can't, of course, now I can't remember exactly where I read this. There there was another situation recently um, with another student in a school who was wearing their pentacle on the outside of their shirt and which this is another one we hear this all the time this is nothing new um and a teacher had asked her to put it inside her shirt and of course she went home and told her told her parents and it you know caused a thing but the mother called the school talked to the principal explained the situation and there was immediate action taken there was there was no need to have like a big dramatic you know all of this is why it, this was one of these stories. It didn't make it all over the place because it wasn't a huge, huge issue. The principal took action against the teacher immediately, and that I believe it was a substitute teacher too. And that that teacher was not going to be allowed to come back to that school. It was just it was that simple. It was like you know what, this isn't right, so we're gonna we're gonna take care of it instead of saying, oh well, your child you know shouldn't be wearing you know it was, and I don't I wish I could remember where it was too, but it, it's. You know, that's the kind of thing that the responsible parent needs to do, in my opinion. You need to call the school or call the the Board of Education, whatever process you feel you need to take. You need to call whoever and you need to approach it from the, you know, my child had this happen to them and it was not right and I would like to have something resolved. You don't go blazing in with, well, I'm going to start bringing pentacles to everyone or I'm going to start bringing you know, pagan books all over the place. Like that's not the way to approach it. So I worked in a school district for, for a couple of years and part of it as I, um, I was actually the, the librarian at an elementary school, which was really, <laughs> really a cute and fun job. Um, 
but as so I did that for a couple of years as drug and rehab counselor, lots of working with the school district. I coached high school kids for five years. The, the working with the school district, I will tell you, bottom line, if you go in guns a blazing, they automatically take you as a kook right. and you will not be given an ounce of respect and you will right. not be given an ounce because you're going in there and you're being threatening and you're being accusatory right. and you're being hard to work with. However, like you said, if you call that school up and you say, hey, so this really upsets me and my child is upset and this was not acceptable. What can we do about this? And then if you're not given an answer that is actually going to make the, the life of your child easier or you know help your child integrate into that school society more, then you go above their head. Then you right. call the superintendent and you say, hey, look, so this is what's been going on. I'm really not trying to cause an issue. However, this is an issue for us in our home. And my child comes home and this is where you know I have to, be a mother uh, you know or a father be a parent a responsible parent you know what can we be doing there are luckily enough at this at this point in time if the appropriate means are taken and you're not given the answers you're not given the results that you feel you deserve or you feel would be fair to everyone then there are you know organizations like the Lady Liberty League that you can get a hold of. There's you know state and local organizations that have a lot of resources out there for pagans. You just kind of kind of look up for it. You know it's it's really important for us to make sure that we're not fanning a flame, but that we're actually trying to help contain it. Right, right. And a lot of pagans just, you know, I get it. You were made fun of in school. You, you know, you have, a, you had a hard time fitting in. Now here's your kid and your kid is going to school and you're seeing similar things go through that. What wisdom did you learn when you were going through the experience that you could help share, you know, with your child so that their generation is, is different. Their generation has it easier or better than you had it. And, you know, hopefully they'll return the favor for the next generation. We can't keep putting distance between ourselves and the secular community because that's all we're doing is creating more distance we're making it harder for ourselves to be recognized we're making it harder for ourselves to be really accepted you know it's the same thing right now i feel like a lot of times paganism is just tolerated because now there's laws that keep them from lynching us but humanity is all about the pack system it's it's absolutely true and this is how we've been able to evolve and survive and thrive is that we do we create our cliques and we create our you know our little packs and things like that sometimes you're a lone wolf Sometimes you just are, and that's sometimes okay. Sometimes you're just a one-man wolf pack. Yeah, there you go. And sometimes that sometimes you got enough going on to be the one-man wolf pack, you know. But sometimes it's it's really important to understand the dynamic of that. And sometimes that is going to feel like you're being hunted down by a pack of people, you know. I totally get that. Absolutely get that. I've been there. At the same point in time, it is our responsibility to say that we are choosing to raise the bar that we are choosing not to allow ourselves to become victims. You know what I mean? So you know, this is a really, I mean, it's a really close topic to my heart because I love, I love, you know, all, <laughs> I love pagans and I love our culture and I love our community. And, you know, but at the same point in time, I see a lot of people hurting and it reminds me of the devil card. You know, the, how, you know, you've got the fool who, you know, is hearing all these horrible screams and, you know, blood curdles and, you know, all this just really horrible, creepy stuff coming out of a cave. And so he works his way in there because, of course, like a good person, he wants to go and save the day. 
And as he gets into the cave, he realizes that what has actually happened is that there are a man and a woman who are chained to an obelisk, and the devil is sitting on top of the obelisk, laughing his ass off. Because while the man and the woman are so busy crying and moaning and being right in the middle of all the pain and all the suffering and all the things that they feel, the devil's telling them all they got to do is take that noose off their neck. But they're so busy being victims that they don't hear the devil saying, just take the noose off your neck and walk out of the cave. And that's, you know, with me, when I, when I look at this, it's a lot of the same thing. It's that we're so busy being victims that we're not allowing ourselves to move into somebody who actually has an answer. You know, when the whole thing with the Dianic stuff went down last year, everyone had an opinion. Nobody had an answer. And it gets very, it gets very hard. It gets very confusing. It isn't about, you know, I, everyone should have their opinions and I will respect your opinion and da, 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 da. But if you have answers, you should say them, <laughs> you know, right. you should use them. Right. And I think that that's an unfortunate trend, though, in a lot of, you know, when a lot of issues come up within the Peyton community, everyone's got an opinion about it, but nobody's really got an answer and everyone wants mm-hmm. to come and chime in with their opinion. But then when you say, well, how should we resolve this? Everyone just kind of like, oh, I don't know. But you right. know what really pisses me off about it? And then they're right back to complaining because everybody's, you know, happy to complain and, and to say that there's a problem and to bring that problem out into, you know, with a big spotlight. But then when it comes down to, well, how do we fix it? You just get a lot of people who are like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- yeah. well, that's great. Let's continue to shine the spotlight on the problem, but never try and fix it. Let's just continue to do that. And that's, it's an unfortunate thing, but it really is, you know, if you're going to be, if you are going to be so upset about something and you want to see things change, then you need to actually change. You mm-hmm. need to change. And mm-hmm. then you need to help the situation change. Instead of sitting there bitching about it, you need to do mm-hmm. something about it. Yep. And that's, that ends up being the thing that causes you. If you, it's like, we always talk about, you know, like with, the whole idea of the law of attraction and you're just you know if you get up in the morning and you stub your toe when you get out of bed and then you're like oh today is just gonna suck well yeah now everything is just gonna suck because that's the first thing that your you know reaction is to the situation and that's what you've kind of grabbed Mm -hmm. onto and now everything is gonna follow that same train of thought that's what happens when you have a situation like like the bible thing Mm-hmm. You know, you get so incensed about the fact that it happened and how dare they do this. Well, now it just continues to f- add fuel to the already growing fire. And instead of saying, okay, well, let's calm down for a minute and find a rational solution and let's let go of this, like, anger. Instead, it just ends up that anger just keeps going and going and going. And then it just continues to rage out of control and then you end up with you know it gets out into the media it gets out all over the place so that you just have pagans getting all up in arms without having the whole story without knowing the whole situation and as soon as you hear bible school and pagan children people are flipping out doesn't matter what the actual situation was because it's got to be horrible because we're talking about pagan children in schools coming home with bibles it's got to be awful so Mm -hmm. you just have people are just automatically on like a bandwagon and they're ready to go and start you know you know, want to talk about showing up with pitchforks. I mean, people are ready to just start showing up at schools, like freaking out about, you know, don't let there be a Bible here because I'm going to start bringing pagan books. You know, I think that, I think that really in these situations, especially things like this, this issue, anything that has to do with, uh, with pagan, especially kids and schools, a lot of it gets really blown out of proportion. We are so sensitive to wanting our children, especially to be allowed to be who they are as they're growing up without having religion, you know, forced on them, especially in school that 
we allow ourselves to become more and more angry and inflammatory in how we handle the situation instead of stopping and saying, okay, how can we rationally handle this as just a parent as opposed to a pagan? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think a lot of times when you hear these stories and you and you see reaction instead of, you know, response, a lot of times I think it's that the parents puts their pagan faith ahead of their children's situation. And mm. it's that feeling of, well, you know, as pagans, we're being persecuted rather than saying, OK, well, my child's already hurt by this. And especially if the child isn't I mean, and I'm not speaking to this specific situation because I don't know the because the it's been interesting because in the news reports with this the older daughter has been more than happy to be in the news reports but the son doesn't want anything to do with it the son has remained out of the media aspect so you have to kind of stop and say okay so as a pagan household and as a pagan parent this bothers me but how does my child feel does my child's friends in the school know that he believes this or that he's pagan does he call himself pagan do they know if they don't you're just shining a, another spotlight on your child and giving your child another potential problem to oh, deal yeah. with later. Oh, yeah. Because I honestly think that in, in a lot of these cases, it becomes more about the parents' indignance about their faith than it does about the true happiness and safety of their child. And Absolutely. this whole idea of, mm-hmm. oh, no, pagans are being persecuted again, as opposed to my child had an unpleasant experience that's upset them and I need to take mm-hmm. care of it. So I think that especially for anyone out there who is a pagan parent and who does run into these things, make sure that you stop before you, you know, don't react, but respond and stop Mm -hmm. first and say, is my reaction based on my child or is it based on me feeling that as a pagan, you know, I and my child and my family are being persecuted. The child should come first. Your issues with your faith should come second. And that's right. Because you don't have to go to that building every day. Right. You don't have your to spend the rest has, of your, you know, educational right. career. Your child yeah. does. And if you and if this mm-hmm. is just going to put more of a spotlight on your child and make your child in the end become more of a target, especially if it's a situation where the child is not openly pagan in the school. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make the situation for the child any better. You might feel all high and mighty and good because you feel like, you know, you 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 won one for the witches, but now your child has to deal with probably dealing with especially if we're dealing with younger younger children and early teens you know name calling getting picked on possibly getting beat up outside of the school on the way home things like that i mean you have to stop and think how is what i'm doing going to affect my child and the rest of their time in school i mean these are just things that i think are really important that we just especially when it's a school situation we forget all about because the legal the legal aspect of it is is pretty cut and dry the religion thing should just not be there and we know right, that yeah, yeah. and we want to go in and we want to address that but we also have to stop and say well what about my child how is this going to affect them and then being in that school mm-hmm. so i mean and that was one of the first things when i noticed in all of these news reports and and all of that that the son just was not involved and was and there was one news report that specifically said the son doesn't want to be identified and doesn't want to be a part of this it's like, okay, well, so now it makes me wonder a little bit about what's happening in that home as far as that goes. Like, how how is this going to affect the child? Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it is definitely something that we could probably go on for another, you know, hour or three. Um, because <laughs> it, no, it's, it's, you know, doing youth ministry in the pagan community, I, I just feel like, you know, what, 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 
what we are saying right now isn't, you know, that we're we're condemning this woman or her actions or any of those things. What we're really saying is that at the end of the day, the child deserves better. The community deserves better. And we all deserve better. And so we deserve to treat ourselves better. We deserve to treat the situation better than what we had. Um, And that's I think that's really what we're we're basically saying in all this. because it isn't a, I don't know this woman, and you know, for all we know, we're, you know, of course, not getting all the details. I'm sure, right. um, but at the same point in time, I, I, that was my first thought was what this poor kid, you know, because I went to school with a um, a young lady whose mother was a witch, and she was practicing at the same, you know, at the time, you know, with her mom and and with me, um, and then she became like a evangelical Christian. Like she came home from school one day and I guess I'd met a guy, of course, you know, (laughs) and so she wasn't a witch anymore. And I remember how her mother took that, you know, because I, and I still talk, it's funny, ironically, I I actually talked to her mother more than I talked to her. Um, (laughs) She's my last girlfriend, the very last one. Um, But, um, (laughs) but yeah. And, you know, and I remember this, the devastation of that and then going to school and being like, oh, well, you're not a pagan anymore. You're, you know, you're going to the, this Christian church and, you know, now we're, we've just have differences that, you know, we only had because she was dating a, you know, the youth minister's son or something. I don't know. But anyway, it was, it was an interesting enough, you know, kind of thing. But anyway, we will be right back. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to some really great pagan music because that's what we do here. And um, we'll be, yeah, we'll be right back.
magic size As if your God has passed you by Well, hey, ooh, that's your deception Your angels speak with jilted tongues The serpent's tail has come undone You have no strength to squander Empty in the valley of your heart The sun, it rises slowly as you walk Away from all the fears and all the faults you've left behind The harvest left no fruit for you to eat You cannibal, you meat-eater, you see But I've seen the same, I know the shame in your defeat around your neck and I'll find strength in pain and I will change my ways I'll know my name as it's cold again is yours and I'll take mine now let me at the truth which will refresh my broken mind so tie me to a post and block my ears I can see where those orphans through my tears and know my call despite my faults and despite my growing fears but I See the world hanging upside down You can understand dependence When you know the maker's land So make your sirens call And sing all you want I will not hear what you have to say Cause I need freedom now And I need to know how To live my life as it's to be 
welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. Once again, I am Devin Hunter, and joining us is Rowan Pendragon. Rowan? Yes? So how are you liking uh, pagan radio so far? I love pagan radio. I've been, I've honestly been like a big champion of pagan radio for a long time because I just, I love being able to, you know, I listen to a lot of music during the day because it, I need it to focus on whatever I'm doing because I, I'm one of those horrible people who will try and put the TV on for background, but it's just, you know, bright lights and colors <laughs> flashing distracts me way too much. So I tend to listen to a lot of music during the day when I'm working and pagan radio is great because I can always just throw that on and there's always going to be something that, you know, it's usually like it's good for the background. It's not too distracting, but I like it, you know, that kind of thing. And plus, because you get to listen to uh, to um, Jason's wonderful show, because I've been a huge fan of A Darker Shade of Pagan forever. And so I love getting to hear that. And I think uh, Jade's show, Night Ritual, is fantastic because I love that eerie, creepy music so so i know i I love pagan radio i you know like i I was said last week on my little segment i remember when it was still circle of souls you know way back in the day and i've always been a big big fan of pagan radio so yay pagan radio yeah no i'm 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 really happy and we've had a lot of really positive feedback so that's exciting and um we're getting a lot of positive feedback about the show quality which makes us very happy um, because you and I are such snobs when it comes to production <laughs> of anything that we're doing. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. And, and yeah, so just all this really great feedback yeah. and, uh, yeah, so life is good. Life is good. Yeah. So one of the things you and I both have been working on and probably lead to like the bone is uh-huh. our magazine because we've got modern witch magazine coming out in about what, two and a half, three weeks. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I know. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah. um, it has been an interesting thing juggling yeah. um, the magazine and the classes I teach and, um, you know, my day job and the show. Um, and all this is just happening so quickly. And so I'm really just looking forward to, like, PantheaCon because it'll be out, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. Um, I'm going to knock on wood right now. Um, and uh, you know, it'll be out <laughs> by PantheaCon. And then you and I both will be able to just kind of take – you know, the last half of February and disappear, um, which I'm yeah. kind of excited about. Because <laughs> um, it is it is one of those things that I, I really I'm excited about it, Rowan, I have to tell you. Um, and a lot of it's just because we've we've gotten really good content. I mean, we've got some really yeah. good stuff. And um, as I'm reading it and kind of because you've already, you know, went through and, and edited things and, you know, you're you're totally much better at that than I am. <laughs> and um, as I've been kind of going through and reading the articles, I've just been so happy that we're able to actually do this i know it's a lot of work but i, I you know i i try to be optimistic as much as i possibly can and um i'm really just excited about this and just all the yeah. feedback on facebook about it um the people who are getting ads you know i mean some really you know really bigger name it's nice it's really freaking yeah. cool so it is a lot of work um and it's going to be beautiful. I, I just 100% believe that. Well, what, what have you found your experience in working with the magazine to be like so far? I have found that we have gotten some really interesting, uh, really interesting pieces of material for people to, to look at. Because, of course, we're, we're doing the, you know, it's going to be quarterly. We were originally being very generous with ourselves by saying, oh, we're going to do it a Sabbath, you know, every Sabbath. And that clearly is not going to work. So um, we've decided to, to we're going to do it quarterly. So we're going to cover two Sabbaths at issue, 
Um, and so we're doing themes. And so the theme for this issue, because we originally, it was just supposed to cover in bulk, which now of course we're covering in bulk and Ostara. Um, but the theme for this issue is, is the flame within the inner flame, passion, fire, flames. <laughs> and originally again, because of, of, uh, in bulk, but it kind of fits in with Ostara a bit too. I, as I was writing out, cause I, I have a piece in there that's, um, I have an Ostara meditation, in there and as I was writing rewriting because it's an old meditation I was reworking it and as I was doing it I was like oh I guess this kind of sort of has like a fiery aspect to it in a way I guess so they all kind of go together but um you know it's it's been it's been really cool to see some of the stuff that we've gotten we have some really interesting pieces from some names you'll know and some you won't and and um it's very cool to see uh the stuff that we've gotten um and we're trying to cover a lot of different territory with this too. We're trying to be, um, you know, kind of have, have that sort of little something for everyone, you know? So you're going to find that we've got, you know, Devin's working on some really awesome, you've got some great um, little spell, spell book pages that you're doing. And, you know, and of course then we've got things like, you know, articles from people who are a little bit more reflective. We have a wonderful piece from Elaine Lockhart, which just, I, it almost brought tears to my eyes reading that because it's, it's just beautiful and you know and yeah, it's a personal, personal. it's a person very personal story but it and it's but it's about breed and it's it's mm -hmm. a beautiful story and it fits perfectly obviously with what we're what we're dealing with um and then we've got um you're working on some stuff we have storm working on some stuff um we, yeah we got a really great piece which i thought was fantastic we got a wonderful piece from taylor elwood which was really great. So, I mean, we're, we're getting some interesting stuff. And so obviously this issue is kind of like a, I don't want to say a rush job, but we're doing it kind of quicker than, than we probably should have been, which right. is part of why we are both so tired. Out. Didn't I out have been, an, I will completely admit I've been an absolute bitch about it the last like three days because I'm just at the point where I'm like, I just finished this stupid thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to look at this again for the next couple of weeks, but I, I have to say I'm looking forward to the next issue because we'll be able to be a little bit more like prepared. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I have to say because I mean now I you know I went you know when I went to school this was one of the the things that I had focused on I had two major focuses in college radio and and print journalism and one of the things that always used to drive me nuts is having to study because you know for us it was more we always were planned out we always knew what was happening with with the newspaper and when things had to get done and so forth but when you had something got thrown in at the last second mm -hmm. it just makes you insane and it could just be one little thing mm -hmm. this was like throwing together the whole thing mm -hmm. kind of quick and which is awesome that it's come out so so perfect mm -hmm. having been done so quick so yes it's part of why i'm looking forward to the next one because we'll have even more time to plan right. it out and really know what we're doing as far as the vision of it goes right. because you know, my whole my whole idea was much much smaller, and in classic Devin fashion, he took it and made it gigantic, uh -huh. and then suddenly gave us a lot of work very quickly. So, <laughs> so, but that's fine, you know. And so, but it's okay because now we know that we'll be be much more prepared oh, for yeah. the next one. Yeah. So, you know, that's that was really the interesting because cool. I was up till five, like a quarter after I, five last night, as as I was, yeah. As well. <laughs> And, you know, and just plugging away and, and I've detached myself from social networking for the most part. And, you know, um, and when I was up last night working on the magazine, there were times that I just felt like throwing my hands up in the air and running away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it just gets down to I ended up spending, oh God, like seven hours yesterday learning new software and looking up um, royalty information and, you know, just making sure that, you know, we were doing this the best we possibly could because you and I don't half ass stuff. So, right. it, it, which is another problem. <laughs> because, <laughs> exactly. Because then I'm like, no, I can't. No, people are, no, you know, um, right. I don't want to produce a product that people just aren't going to, you know, jive with or feel connected to. And I know that you, you know, you're the same way. And right. so I'm, I'm blessed. I, I was talking to the guys about this the other day. I'm blessed that I, I have another fire sign to work with this, you know, on because when we do get irritated, we just bump heads and then we walk away and then, you know, 10 hours later, we're okay. You know, that's <laughs> how fire signs work, especially with each other. And, but when we are, when, you know, when we are there, oh, Stuff happens, so I I'm looking forward to it. This is this is a, this is a big step for us, though. I mean, this is a huge yeah. step for us, and so I think part of it's the pressure of that, knowing that you know this is going to become something that um, we're not truly able to gauge at the moment. And um, there's a lot of excitement from the community. There's a lot of excitement from um, pagans who are who have been saying we want this product. We want to have this because there isn't anything like this out there because it is different from from new witch it is different from or well which is in pagans now it's, it's different from the other magazines and the reason why it is is because we don't want to do what other people are doing you know right, right. so it's all full color it's really nice pages i mean the paper i mean everything's really high quality so i'm super stoked not that the other magazines aren't but we're just doing different stuff than they are um right. so it's 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 just neat it's just so cool to see you know, because it's really kind of shaping up so that, you know, this actual magazine is almost a almost a coffee table book almost because right. of the way the design is. It's so awesome. Right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in here on Pagan Radio or on your personal MP3 device. Um, and uh, well, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.